You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, wherever, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday. Just one day of podcast this week. Not much going on, but we're going to ramp it up for next week too because the draft is next week and we got to look at some second round prospects. And we'll touch on some of that here in today's edition, but not look at specific guys. So today we're going to talk about LeBron James and New Orleans because that is a thing that's been out there. People are talking about it. So we'll cover it here. I'll tell you guys how it can happen, if it's actually likely to happen, and everything you need to know regarding that we'll look at the second round what maybe are the pelicans thinking who are they going to be looking at we'll cover all of that and then finally there's been some coaching hires and changes going on in the nba and i've got updates from those teams here for you so a lot to cover in today's edition of locked on pelicans so lebron james yes that is the dream and that is currently what's going on around the new orleans pelicans and this is aided by espn.com putting up fake billboards for every city and getting local artists to do it, which is cool. If you've seen that billboard, which looks great, that's not a real billboard. So to my friends who have texted me asking where that is in the city, it's not anywhere in the city. It lives inside your computer, but it looks good and it's cool and it's fun to think about. And you've seen it on ESPN on whatever their new morning show that no one's watching is that they've talked about it. You've heard it talked about elsewhere. You've heard it here in on, on the local radio in New Orleans. I was on with Matt Moscona on ESPN Radio 100.3 yesterday where we had maybe the most fun radio hit I've ever done. And you need to check that out. I've tweeted it out. It's on my timeline, at Nola Jake, where we talked about what we would do when LeBron comes to New Orleans. And I first started to take that as a serious interview and then quickly learned that that's not what we were doing. But there's ways to make it work. And if you want to try and do a move for LeBron, James, it depends. He's got a player option, and that's really the big thing here. He's going to need to opt into that player option and then be traded. That way, it's not a sign-in trade, and that's big because a sign-in trade hard caps the New Orleans Pelicans. And without getting too deep into the weeds here, maybe we'll look at this in like two weeks when we're looking at DeMarcus Cousins. You don't want to be hard capped. It's not worth doing. Uh, I mean, if it would be for LeBron James, but you got to be careful because you still need to add other pieces around this team. So, the way you've got to do it is what Chris Paul did with the Clippers and Rockets last year. He opted into his player option, and then they traded him. So that's a situation you're looking at. If you include Nikola Mirotic, each one more, and Alexia Jinsa, along with guaranteeing the contracts of Emeka Okafor, Darius Miller, DeAndre Liggins, Diallo, Frank Jackson, maybe one or two other guys there, depending, that gets you close to his player option, which is $35.6 million. The Pelicans can basically get to $36 million. There's a little bit of wiggle room, so that puts them in a good situation. So there are guys that you can include to make the salaries match for LeBron James. That's the big thing and how you've got to get this done. Now, are they going to accept a, a poo-poo platter? Uh, and that's more in the literal sense than what you would order of Mirotic, Mora, Jinsa, Okafor, Miller, Liggins, Diallo, Jackson, and some combination of those guys. 
Probably not, because that's not really going to make you a competitive team. And if LeBron's not going to be there, they just probably want to tank and be bad versus try and compete and maybe at best get the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, but likely not even get that. So it's an issue of would the Cavaliers even make that deal for those players when they just don't have a need if they're not going to keep LeBron. You might as well kind of let him walk, just be bad and rebuild and tank. You don't necessarily have to give him what he wants or get anything in return. And there would likely be multiple first round picks attached to that as well to kind of give him the incentive for taking on those contracts and for facilitating this deal that's really maybe not in their best interest at all. So that's also an issue of it, though maybe you can flip Miritich later down the line, more down the line too. So potentially it could work out for him but again big question marks all around but that's how you make it happen you know the other way would be a sign and trade which is a different scenario too but again that hard caps the pelicans and that's not what they want to do at all because then you can't add people around them and you know you've kind of gutted your team of depth you need to be able to go out and make some other moves and still i don't think veteran players would take a minimum deal to come here and play just to chase a ring when you still got the warriors and rockets in the western conference But it's fun to think about. And again, people are talking about this for a reason. You've got Anthony Davis, which is a big draw. You know, we know he recruited DeMarcus Cousins at times before he does he says he doesn't really get involved in that side but we know he recruits players and talks to players about things so he's probably got been involved in this he's probably said something to LeBron in some capacity as well so it's fun to think about and with the team being good this past year it's kind of exciting particularly where again it makes sense on court not just because of Anthony Davis but because of a guy like Drew Holiday LeBron likely wants to play a little bit more off ball than he has in years past you could see how visibly tired he was in these playoffs in these NBA finals with the heavy amount of minutes that he played and it weared on him a little bit so now with you know he was also taking plays off defensively at times offensively because he just needed to have a bit of a rest well you know now he can take plays off and you still have a very good ball handler and creator in Drew Holiday maybe in Rajon Rondo and he's able to kind of take plays off and work a little bit more off ball just spot up at times cut when he needs to get the ball and score that way rather than having to drive through contact and different things. If you're him, this has got to be appealing. And I think people around the league realize that. So you can create a very good roster, a very good team if you add him on here. And of course, the Pelicans have had issues on the wing for years. And this certainly, certainly kind of fixes that. So I think it'd be a fun thing. It's not likely to happen at all. There's real big logistical issues other than just making the salaries match. But hey, That's okay. And here's what I said to Matt Moscona we're going to do when LeBron signs with New Orleans, though, if we want to have some fun with it. We're going to get a picture of him with his arms out, and we are going to just wrap the Superdome, not the Smoothie King Center, the Superdome with his arms out. All of a sudden, this team's going to be so much more popular than the Saints are that you just wrap him up where all the Saints fans go that don't pay that much attention to the Pelicans. And all of a sudden, this is a basketball city, not a football city. So again, it's fun. And make sure you listen to that interview I did with Matt Moscone again on ESPN 100.3 the other day. It was Wednesday when I did that with him where we kind of talked about all the things the Pelicans and New Orleans are going to do when LeBron admittedly is a long shot to come here but still it's fun to think about so before we talk about the second round and some other things going on with the nba draft that kind of are important to new orleans make sure you listen to locked on nba we're running our mock draft right now and it's a lot of fun we're gonna have five podcast episodes up covering six picks where the hosts act as gm of their team 
Who goes number one overall? Is it Aiton? Is it Doncic? This is kind of up for grabs in real life, but we've already made our pick, or at least the Suns have already made their pick over at Locked On NBA. So make sure you listen to that. If you just want to know a little bit more about each of the big name prospects without doing a lot of work, it's a great way to find out how they might fit with certain teams, different things like that. And our hosts are experts. So make sure you listen to Locked On NBA for the mock draft that we're running right now. All right, so the Pelicans in the draft. First and foremost, yes, we are going to cover second round picks and prospects next week, but we're actually running some stuff over now on that on LockedOnPelicans.com. So make sure you check that out daily. We've got a profile up on a new prospect every single day, who they are, what they're good at, and how they would fit in New Orleans. If you want to know more about some of the guys the Pelicans might be drafting, I think that's a great tool for you. It kind of gives you just a good overview on everything. And they're second-round prospects. You don't want to do that much work yourself. Go read LockedOnPelicans.com. But before we get to that, there's a key pick at the top of the draft that is going to impact the Pelicans, not during the draft, but in free agency, and that is the Dallas Mavericks at five. What they do is vitally important to New Orleans and potentially re-signing DeMarcus Cousins. We know they have an interest at Cousins, but right now, most mock drafts have them taking Mo Bamba, the center, out of Texas, and this is a guy who's been flying up draft boards, and if you hear him talk, you kind of understand why. This is a very intelligent player, young man, whatever word you want to use there for him. And he's kind of been talking about his angle of release, different things. He had an insane workout with the Suns. And then you look at the measurables for him. This is a guy who had the longest wingspan in combine history. Longest wingspan in combine history that has a decent shooting touch, is hyper-athletic, and is good on defense. Just basically he's getting comps to Rudy Gobert. Well, if Dallas takes him at five... I'm not sure that they're going to have the biggest interest all of a sudden in DeMarcus Cousins in free agency. You want him to go at five to the Dallas Mavericks, Mo Bamba, because that might make things and take away some leverage for DeMarcus Cousins in free agency. So that's what I'm rooting for. I wanted to give you guys that little bit of news there because I think that's going to be important. I also guarantee you that there are teams calling New Orleans about Miritich and trying to take them off, or him off their hands and give them maybe a little more salary cap flexibility when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins, maybe dangling some expiring contracts plus a first-round pick or some unguaranteed guys and a first-round pick to make that happen. I think the Pelicans are going to say no to that. I don't see them being in the first round whatsoever, but I promise you those conversations definitely are going on. So as for the Pelicans in the second round, what should we expect? And I've had a lot of people asking me about trades up, things like that, because that's what the Pelicans have done these past two years. And they've traded up to grab former high school blue chip players in Czech Diallo, in Frank Jackson, that kind of underwhelmed a little bit in college for whatever reason, whether it was injury or someone else kind of pushing them out of position or they were just so wrong, they didn't play, different things like that. And then drafting them based on potential alone for what they could be, that if those guys had good seasons in college based off of their blue chip history and their pedigree, they would have gone in the first round. And by all means, it does sound like Frank Jackson would have gone in the first round had he been healthy most of the year. So that's kind of what the Pelicans have done these 
these past couple years. They've also had multiple picks in the second round these past two years, and they've used that to trade up because you could very clearly see they did not have room for two second-round prospects on this team. There were other ways, or they kind of already had a loaded roster. Not loaded, but they had a full roster. So they traded up because they weren't going to carry two developmental prospects at the same time, or three in the case of the Frank Jackson year. You know, last season wasn't quite exactly the same thing. They, they traded up with cash to get into the top of the second round and then sold another pick they had for cash, basically calling it a wash. So when you do it, it's basically A plus B or A equals B, B equals C, A equals C type situation. That's kind of what happened there. So they don't have that all this same year. They have one second round pick at 51. I don't see them using cash necessarily to trade up if they're not going to be able to recoup that cash later down the line by selling another pick. Maybe they trade a future second round pick to move up. But again, I don't think they're going to be looking at that because that could still be more valuable later down the line next season for them. So I think they're going to stand pat. And because of that, you're not really going to get one of those former blue chippers that are right there that only had one season of college and is still young. You're going to have more established players. Look for them to take a guy that shows one discernible skill. Again, that maybe has some high upside, but is a little bit undersized for whatever reason or falls for uh, the mental side of things. Different ideas like that, I think, is what you might see happen with this team in the second round. Again, we'll preview some of these prospects next week for you guys. I'm going to have a lot of coverage on that. And again, make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com for that kind of coverage. So again, I don't think the Pelicans are really going to be doing a whole lot of movement. I think they're going to take a guy that's like, okay, maybe he works out. I think this is going to be kind of a Darius Miller type of pick for New Orleans when they took him in the second round the year they drafted Anthony Davis, where it was a guy who played kind of all around decent enough player that maybe has a shot at being a rotation guy. But if it doesn't work out, it's the 51st pick. It's not a big deal overall. So again, if you want more draft coverage, make sure you check out Lockdown NBA in our mock draft. We've got part three coming up today. That's going to be picks 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe 13. I can't remember what's supposed to be in there, but it's a lot of fun. Find out where guys are going because this is where it starts to get interesting in the draft. Once you get towards the latter end of the lottery, start to get right out of the lottery. Some interesting picks going on, interesting fits that maybe have kind of indications of what teams are going to be doing. And we're covering it all and having a lot of fun over at Locked On NBA. So finally, some teams have hired head coaches. Yes, the Pistons have hired former Raptors coach Dwayne Casey, and I've got the reaction on that for you coming up in just a minute here. And then the Raptors finally made a hiring of assistant coach Nick Nurse. So we've got those coming for you right now. So let's see what the Pistons and Raptors have to say regarding their new head coaches. Well, they finally did it. This is Matt Shook from Lockdown Pistons, where Detroit now has a new head basketball coach hiring Dwayne Casey on Monday and signing him to a five-year deal. The former Toronto Raptors leader, a finalist for this season's NBA Coach of the Year, will make just over $35 million over the course of the deal. The Pistons were also looking at Ime Udoka, the Spurs assistant, and Michigan coach John Beeline until the latter pulled out of consideration late last week. The Pistons were criticized for taking nearly a month after the season to fire former coach and president of basketball operations Stan Van Gundy. Similarly, this hire was made 34 days after Stan Van Gundy's departure and just 10 days before next week's NBA draft. Also complicating matters is that the Pistons don't have a general manager or most of the front office in place yet, with veteran Ed Stefanski running the show as a powerful advisor to owner Tom Gores. 
Stefanski was working with former Toronto executive Brian Colangelo when Casey was hired by the Raptors in 2011. Casey had a nice run in the North, taking the team to five straight playoff appearances and winning 59 games and the East top seed this past season. However, three straight playoff exits against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers ended Casey's run in the six, a move to shake things up without tinkering with the core of a talented guard-led roster. In Detroit, he'll have the challenge of a unique roster led by high-priced frontcourt players in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Casey could also be without his right-hand man, as Toronto offensive assistant Nick Nurse, credited with revamping the attack this past season, is the main candidate to replace him in the big seat in Toronto, according to Lockdown Raptors host Sean Woodley on our Monday show. In Detroit, there's limited roster flexibility and the baggage of a decade of futility since the end of the going-to-work glory days. It's a tough crowd around Detroit these days, as most of the team's former fan base sees a rebuild as the best path forward. Gores seems uninterested in that again, with $35 million to a veteran coach becoming the latest evidence that the owner is full speed ahead. Casey was the best option out there, especially considering a wild search that included Kenny Smith and Jason Kidd, rumored candidates who were received in Detroit about as good as a foreign car. As a singular move, it's a good one hiring Casey, although the Pistons had to pay a tax of sorts in the form of an extra year in the deal to get their guy because of the malaise around the franchise. Similarly, it was the only way to get Stan Van Gundy four years ago, giving him the front office control back when that was a common move around the league. How you feel about the Blake Griffin trade in January probably colors how you feel about this move, but from where I sit, this team is in better position for success than they were in January. The Pistons will now be burdened with not only living to the promise of getting back to the playoffs, but proving to critics that they can advance past the perceived ceiling of also-rans, a challenge Casey couldn't push through before. But, for better or worse, he'll have a few years to get it done in Detroit. This is Matt Shook from Locked On Pistons. Hey, what's up? It's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors, and the Raptors have hired a head coach after a month of waiting, a long, exhaustive search in which they interviewed a whole wide range of candidates, ranging from Sarunas Yasakevichis to Tori Messina. They have landed with a guy who was in front of their faces all along, assistant coach, five-year assistant coach under Dwayne Casey. Nick Nurse has been named head coach of the Toronto Raptors. It's an interesting move. It is, you know, I think a lot of people, Raptors fans' initial reaction was that it was kind of not the right move. I think a lot of people kind of were hoping for a new outside voice to come in, considering you fired Dwayne Casey, who's an excellent head coach, who did a lot of great for this team. And if you're going to fire him, then maybe it's only a half measure to hire the assistant coach. I kind of disagree. I think Nick Nurse has a lot of potential. He's coached for 30 plus years. Uh, He coached in England. He's a two-time D-League coach of the year and also was the architect of the Raptors' brand new offense this season. Uh, You know, it got a lot of headlines. It got a lot of press on how the Raptors kind of changed the way they play offense. And it was a top five offense in the regular season. And it was the second best offense by offensive rating in the postseason. For the first time in five years, offense is not what let the Raptors down in the playoffs. It was defense. And that is probably more under the the purview of Dwayne Casey and other assistant coach Rex Kalamian. Nick Nurse was the offensive coordinator. So he is going to be tasked with sort of redefining how this Raptors team plays defense. And maybe it is just a limitation uh, sort of implied by the, the players on the roster. But Nick Nurse is going to be tasked with sort of trying to find a new way for this team to play defense while also upholding the offense that it really maintained this season and showed that it can work in the playoffs despite maybe having some sort of limitations built in with guys like DeMar DeRozan running so much 
much of the offense. A good thing about this move is that Nick Nurse already has a lot of institutional knowledge with the Raptors. He's been here five years, of course. Uh, he reportedly, from all accounts, has a great relationship with Kyle Lowry, which was always going to be a pressure point for any new coach coming in. It was always going to be necessary for that coach to be able to establish a relationship with Kyle Lowry, who notoriously has not been the easiest guy to coach in the world. Uh, and he even famously said when Dwayne Casey was let go that they never really saw eye to eye, but they still made it work and they forged a good relationship there. And it's good, at least in my mind, that Nick Nurse is coming in with uh, an established relationship with Kyle Lowry. Whereas if you come in with a new guy, maybe that relationship never really blossoms. And you, that's just a big risk with your best player who's still here for two more years on 30 plus million dollars a year. Um, the other thing too with the Raptors is that they're in a pretty good spot considering all things. They're 59 win team coming off of 59 wins with the one seed. Uh, they've made the playoffs five years in a row. Maybe they didn't need a big giant change to sort of shake up the entire room. Maybe a, a subtle move like this with Nick Nurse, uh, he, he can sort of bring in his own ideas that maybe got suppressed under a guy like Dwayne Casey. Not to say that Dwayne Casey suppressed ideas, but you know, any person who is under a boss and eventually gets promoted, in theory, would like to do things differently than the previous boss. And, and there are things that they wish they could improve on and that they want to improve on when they get the opportunity. And I would assume we're going to see that from Nick Nurse. Uh, all reports are that he's a more experimental guy and sort of an outside-the-box thinker who I think will probably get the most out of sort of a strange roster the Raptors have um, and hopefully maybe sort of use the regular season as a bit more of a testing ground for the playoffs as opposed to Dwayne Casey who really sort of went out for a lot of wins in the regular season and that's not a bad thing by any means but at the Raptors point in their win curve I think it's more about trying to use the regular season as an establishing ground for what you're going to do come playoff time Uh, and maybe Nick Nurse and his sort of experimental nature can kind of work on that and get the Raptors a little bit more prepared for what season basketball brings either way i'll have a lot more about this on the the next episode of lockdown raptors it should be out by now if you're hearing this uh so tune into lockdown raptors it's about 30 minutes talking about the brand new raptors head coach nick nurse uh we go in depth on the good stuff the concerns the bad stuff uh and sort of the optics of it tune in to lockdown raptors to hear that and thank you for listening so there you have it everything you need to know about the pistons hire and the raptors hire coming from the experts on those two teams i got nothing else to add to that they covered it really really well so that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans thank you all for listening thank you all for sticking with it as we're going through kind of the lull dead period here as i just kind of recover get back to doing this couple days a week we're going to have a tons of coverage here for you guys next week on second round prospects because it is draft time then after that it is free agency time and i am excited and you should be too so as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all next week 